Welcome to Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I'm in studio live. This is our well last show before Christmas and New Year's, Dr. Wow, Lippman. that's right. That's amazing. I can't believe it's December already. It's crazy. We were just talking about that. It's almost Christmas, and we are, well, I'm feeling a little bit behind the eight ball. A little pressure. A little yeah. pressure. But, hey. I don't know. We've already bought, I think, all my kids all their presents, and that's what matters. And uh, <laughs> it's actually not that much uh, this year because we're trying to focus on what really matters. There you go. And that is the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if you, if you guys are listening, this is Apologetics.com Radio. It's Science Week where I am in studio live with Dr. Leslie Wickman, who yeah. basically runs the universe. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we're here for all your science questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at any time during the show. Again, we are live. It's, uh, well, December 18th now for the last two minutes. And you can call us at 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-KKLA. And before we, we dig into the topic, I just want to remind folks that um, everybody who is in studio hosting, we do this on a volunteer basis, and you guys are our motivation. You guys are audience. And if you would like to support us in any way, keep us going for another year. We've been on the year for almost 22 years. Have we been here for 21 years? That's crazy. Oh I mean, I gosh. haven't. I haven't been Christian 21 years. I'm barely 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I have, I've been a Christian for 14 years. And so this show has been going on longer than that. And if you guys want to see it continue, make sure that you go to our website. It's really easy. You go to apologetics.com. You can click on that donate button. All gifts are tax deductible. And every single one of those pennies goes to keeping us here live every Friday night, Saturday morning, depending on how you look at it. And also there's a couple new developments on the website, guys. You want to check us out. We now have... Um, a fantastic resource list for you to check out. If you want to see some recommended resources, trusted resources, where can you go to find the the most up-to-date books, articles, stuff like that on any given topic? Well, go to apologetics.com and check it out. We also now have an online store. This is getting, like, I mean, this is getting real. Dr. Really Lickley. real. It's yes. real. Like, you can go to the store. You can order some of these books directly uh, from us, and you will get them in a timely fashion. I think we're linked to Amazon, so your Prime membership uh, helps with the shipping. But um, but definitely try to order through us. We'd love to have that traffic. We'd also just love to help get these resources into your hand. And make sure that you do. You go and donate to apologetics.com. If you've gained anything or learned anything from this show, uh, any, uh, honestly, any amount uh, really helps us, whether it be a $1, $100, $1,000, whether it be a one-time special uh, gift that you're, you're given to us or it's a, through your monthly support. Uh, make sure you go to apologetics.com, click that donate button. And with that, Dr. Wickman, I think that we should just probably dig in to our topic tonight because awesome. I see a PowerPoint presentation in front of me yeah. and it's like 15 slides with a lot of words on every slide. <laughs> there are indeed. And if I know us, we will only get about halfway through it. So. Yeah, yeah, well, probably because I'll ask, I'll ask some questions. And again, if, if you have any questions about what we're talking about, I will, we would love to hear from you guys, our audience. Yeah. So give us a call at 888-995-KKLA. And tonight we're going to be talking about the star of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Exactly. Thought what? it was kind of a timely topic. Well, it is the so. Christmas season. It is indeed. It's everybody's talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I just we were talking before this. I just wrote a. Uh, I, I'm I'm a speaker 
um, and content provi- provider for Stan's reason. That's like my, my main job, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I, I pay the bills from. And I just wrote a blog on why we celebrate in this on December 25th, why Christmas is on December 25th. And it's been already, it's only, I think it got up yesterday morning. It's already been the one, one of the most popular blogs I've written all year. Awesome. Which is in, insane. But you make sure you guys go check that out at str.org. And it's right there on the main page. But tonight we're going to be talking about another thing, Christmas, um, the Star of Bethlehem. Yeah, that That amazing star that these magi Mm -hmm. followed to see Jesus. And right. And now in in our day and age that we're in now, you know, a lot of people question whether it was a real thing. Like Um, a fireball? Well, <laughs> what exactly? We, we hopefully we will get to the <laughs> options, but yeah, I mean, people I'm going are, with fireball. <laughs> Please Mainly don't. Just because I like saying it. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please. For the love of God. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, there's just a lot of uh, talk about you know, was it a real thing? Was it something that could be scientifically verified, or was it a completely miraculous um, event? Yeah. Um, you know, what exactly was it that, you know, is recorded in Scripture that the Magi saw and followed? So we're going to talk about that, and I think it would be only appropriate to actually share the Scripture uh, verses that that uh, talk about um, the Magi uh, seeing the star and following it. So let's do it. From Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Um, would you like to read that for us, Pastor John? Oh, boy, the <laughs> pressure. Yes, I'd, I'd love to. So Matthew 2, 1 through 9 says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are, have come to worship him. Then Herod inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared, lo, the star went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Awesome. I did that good. You did. And you yeah. did it in your pastoral voice. It's very, yeah. I put on my pastoral hat for that. Yes. That, that was good. Yes. Yeah. I, you know what? But at, at the onset of this, Dr. Wickman, one of the things I love about scripture, I mean, I love a lot about scripture, but I love the, the, the tone. It just, when I read this, it seems so clear that the author is seeking to tell truth Mm -hmm. it's not a fanciful story it's not a myth because he's saying uh he's saying a person jesus born in a location bethlehem of Mm -hmm. judea Mm -hmm. giving the town and the larger province there uh and he's also placing it firmly in history right and uh, under the rulership of herod exactly which means if you're in anybody wanting to do any research into this stuff these are markers that exactly. you can go to yeah. to say is this historically reliable exactly and it is so anyways i yeah. just i just love the i guess the air the yeah. flavor yeah of so so first of all um we could talk a little bit about who these magi were right so a little bit yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah um they were basically astrologers they're called wise men right mm-hmm. um and it was interpreted the star the star in quotes was interpreted as uh, something that was relating to a major event, something really important, uh, of major significance to Israel, uh, not to Rome, um, because they they knew that it meant that a new king of the Jews was being born. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? And um, 
Herod and his court had not seen it or known what it meant. They, Herod had to ask his advisors, you know, what they knew about it. Yeah. Right. So he didn't know about it. Um, and that's then, so interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like he had to have seen it, right? I mean, not necessarily if he wasn't looking, right? He just I mean, didn't cause, notice it. Yeah, because yeah, and this is actually important in in figuring out exactly what this star was. I mean, if you were an astronomer, huh. you would have noticed. Sure. And if you were back then, you know, these astrologers. Right now, you know, today we look at astrology as you know completely off the rails, right? Yeah. But back then, these astrologers were really astronomers that also looked at, you know, the significance that these things could be signifying. And clearly the star of Bethlehem did signify an important birth, right? Yeah. And um, so anyway. So cool. Yeah. So these astrologers, these magi were actually really smart guys. Um, And anyway, uh, so let's move on a little bit to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Um, that says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So this tells us that the shepherds were out in their fields, uh, minding their flocks at this same time frame when the Magi were following the star. Okay. Crazy. So that can kind of guide us a little bit into the possible timing of when this all sure. happened in terms of the season, right? Yeah. So probably wasn't the dead of winter. Not if they're sleeping outside and, and at night. With their flocks. With their flocks. And again, we're not 100% sure exactly how long after Jesus was born this happened, but yeah. at the same time, they're going to Bethlehem. Yeah. So it had to be pretty darn close to his birth, right? Because yeah. I mean, it, you would think so, but it's, there's a lot that, I mean, there's a lot here in the background. Yeah. And I, I don't want to spoil any surprises for people, but I don't know if this is, I don't remember reading this in the notes for tonight, though, is um, there's a few things that pop out in my mind. One is all of our manger scenes to pick three magi. Right. Right. Nowhere. Right. Is it's, there the number exactly. three? Two is these guys are coming from a really far, like, exactly. a lot, I mean, they're not in their, uh, you know, four wheelers driving <laughs> right. through the desert. Exactly. You know, this isn't like. Um, you know, uh, an entourage of vehicles. Yeah. I mean, they're on, on camels, most likely, exactly. or donkeys. Yeah. And riding slowly. Exactly. So from where they're coming from to where they're going takes quite a bit exactly. of time. So exactly. It's, um, so that star actually had to be there for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, um, yeah, so there's some interesting nuances and um, different options that people had have kind of considered over the years in terms of what this could have been what the star was yeah right so um and then then we have some clues about the timing in terms of history um and you know we we read um from the jewish historian flavius josephus um that during the high priesthood of matthias on a jewish festival day there was an eclipse of the moon and that herod died soon after that eclipse Right. And so that eclipse um, that was somewhere near zero A.D., um, which is basically what our calendar revolves around is when Christ came. And, you know, it was placed um, by, you know, some of the the early um, scholars 
that the birth of Christ was about zero AD because of the the turning of the calendar, right? So there's BC, before Christ, and then AD, which is in the year of our Lord, right? And that... That's how significant Jesus's birth was, yeah, is to be able to absolutely. mark the calendar. And right? the, um, yeah, keep going. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So if we have this information that uh, there was a, an eclipse sometime near zero AD. And we that, know that now scientifically. Yes, exactly. I mean, because yeah. si- we can yeah. trace in these fact, back. Exactly. So we have in the historian Flavius Josephus, saying that during the high priesthood of Matthias on a Jewish festival day, there was an eclipse of the moon and that Herod died soon after. And so, so we, <laughs> we can then go back and look using, we're lucky because we have these um, um, planetarium programs on computers and we can run yeah. the clock back to zero AD and go, okay, when was this um, eclipse of the moon? You know, and so we can That's we can so cool. pick those out. Whereas, you know, I mean, there were, the, back in um, the around the the Renaissance time when Kepler was around, you know, he he put together these laws of planetary motion, and he figured yeah. out what the the orbital periods were of different objects and whatnot. He did it mathematically longhand to try to figure out when these eclipses were. And he was able to, you know, figure out when planets were in conjunction and when um, eclipses happened all by hand mathematically. Now we have computer programs that yeah, we can crazy. use to run that back. So so in running those programs back, we find that there was an eclipse that was near um, <laughs> zero AD. Um, in that part of the world. And in conjunction with the Feast of Purim, and that was on March 13th of 4 B.C., that's okay. so cool. And so then we we know that you know when the wise men came to Herod, Herod's response was, you know, to order that all the the kids under 2 years old be killed, yeah. right? And so we know that Jesus had to be born somewhere around 2 years or fewer before uh Herod's death in yeah. order for that to have happened, right? That's right. So we can we can place these uh, this time frame um by s- some of these different hints that we have, right? Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. And so then again from the fact that um uh the the what we learned about the the shepherds being in the flocks with their sheep, it was probably in spring or early summer when the shepherds were in the fields and there were no, newly born lambs. Yeah. But it could have possibly been in the fall because the shepherds would allow their sheep to graze on the left the the stubble of the harvest. Yeah. Uh, so they could fertilize the fields with the sheep yeah. before winter. And this go this falls in conjunction with the fact that you know we. When we read the scriptures, we see that Jesus, there was no room at the inn, right, in quotes. Right. But it wasn't, that's a mistranslation. Yeah. It was, it's not an inn. It's, there's no room in the upper room yeah. is what it should be. And in the upper room, meaning the, the living quarters of the house, so Jesus was born in the lower room where the, the, it's a stable. Yeah. And that's where the sheep and livestock would have been had right. it been winter. Exactly. Exactly. It, they would have been occupying this. So there wouldn't have been any room anywhere exactly. for sheep, right? I mean, they would have had to figure something out. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah. but that's it all just kind of it all kind of coincides and, and and blends together yeah. and tells one unified story. It's really cool. Yeah, very cool. So <clears throat> so then we can kind of move on to discussing what some of the astronomical possibilities could have been in terms of this bright object in the sky that the the wise men saw and followed. So 
So we have a when. You know, right. the when yes. we think it's exactly. it's, it's uh, probably spring, maybe early fall. Yes, but, but not winter. But certainly not the dead of winter. <laughs> right, exactly. So we, we're thinking we're thinking spring and now so that's the when. Start Bethlehem, when is it? Yeah. Early spring. Uh spring, maybe early fall. Now the question that we have gotta answer is what was it? Right. Well and also the time frame too. So somewhere between roughly Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 7 B.C. to maybe 2 B.C. Right on. Right? So right okay. in that area. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now so, what is it? Right, exactly. Now the question is what is it? Fireball. Well, okay. We'll, we'll, we will discuss that briefly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but first let's talk about the possibility of it being a comet. Which so, is what I think a lot of people have suggested. Yeah. This. In fact, if you look at um, the various uh, portrayals in art yeah. of what this, the star of Bethlehem looks like, yeah, often it's portrayed absolutely. as a comet, right? Um, and this explana- explanation has its origins dating back to um, Origen, the Christian theologian mm-hmm. in AD 248. Um, and so the fact that a comet uh, drifts in the sky agrees with this story because in in the scriptures, it talks about the wise men following this star, which implies movement, right? So the idea of it being a comet and a comet moves in the sky, then, okay, that, that would fit. Um, and it would be around for about the correct time uh, when it's visible. And the fact that a comet is going to go around the sun um, it will be bi- visible to us on Earth as it approaches the sun, and then it'll disappear for a while when it goes on the other side of the sun from us. Sure. And then it'll reappear. So the idea of the pre and post passing of the sun would explain this object coming and going, which we read about in the story is that, you know, they saw it when they were in the east. And they they followed it, and then it it came and stood over the place where Jesus was born, right? So, so um, this idea of a comet could have matched uh, the 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 details that we uh, read about, but um, there are some problems. It would have had to been a one time comet because. Um, basically, all the comets that we know of are uh, periodic comets, right? They, they go they come, away. They yeah. go way far away from us where we can't see them, and we only see them when they come in close to the sun, but they're they're periodic, yeah. right? And so this would have been weird in that it would never have been seen before. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been special. Yeah, or we, we would have seen it since. Yeah, right. It would yeah. have come back, too. So, exactly. yeah, so, yeah, so you'd have magi looking to the sky and constantly, well, not constantly, but every hundred years, going, whatever, to, going yeah. to Israel to, to go find. Right, it's like... Um... Yeah, 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 the Savior, right? So it'd be like a repeating prophecy. Eventually, they'd stop doing it. Right, and it, and it's just, it wouldn't be special or unique Yeah, if it was a periodic thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the other thing is that, um, especially during that time frame, comets were thought to portend bad things, not good things. Certainly oh, not the birth of a king. They were they were kind of a they thought of as a sign of disaster or doom. That was. I don't know if I've ever seen like a comet. Does a comet look like an asteroid? In the sky? No, the a comet usually uh, it depends. I mean, on how well you can see it, um, but it'll have a tail. A comet has a tail. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it is, as it gets closer to the sun, it heats up and loses um, ice and gas. And so the, the tail actually um, would point uh, away from the sun 
because the solar wind essentially sure. is, is um, making the tail uh, move yeah. away from the sun. But but yeah, it it has a tail when it's close to the sun uh, because and of does the it move through the night sky? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I've never seen one. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Keep your eyes open and your ears open for news of different comets because you know they they certainly make the the news in the astronomy world. Sure. And yeah. Sure. Um, right on. Okay. So anyway, so it probably wasn't a comet um, for those reasons. So yeah. the periodic thing um, would be bad. It's a bad and omen. a bad omen essentially. Yeah. So. Um, so let's th- move on to the next possibility, which would be a nova or a supernova. What's that? Um, okay, so <laughs> uh, novas and supernovas basically are what happen when large stars end their, are at the end of the life. Yeah. yeah and they es- essentially um, explode. Yeah. That's okay. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exploding, t- uh, exploding star. Yeah. So they'd be like super bright. Um, and it would would last a while too, um, but it would not appear and then go away and come back because once it's dead, it's, it's dead. Gone. Yeah, right. Like everything else that dies. So, yeah. Exactly. Other exactly. than Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, um, there there were different people that hinted at the idea that the Magi might have seen one of these things, but uh, even even Kepler. Uh, who's a famous astronomer I mentioned before, um, thought that maybe it was a, a nova or a supernova. Um, but there's not a record of such an event, and even the Chinese records have only one possible mention of a nova or supernova over the potential time for Jesus' birth. But there's also known supernova remnant which we'd expect to find if there'd been a so- supernova at that time because the the kind of the... Um, uh, remaining gases and uh, light from those gases um, would leave kind of a, a fingerprint, if you will, uh, in a particular spot in the sky, or per- particular direction is what I should say. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it doesn't seem like that would be reasonable either. Yeah. When we get, uh, I have questions about the direction of the, because. The, 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 the star, the Bethlehem star, mm-hmm. was guiding. The Magi, it seems like like uh, not the same direction as how the normal night sky should flow. Mm-hmm. Something was different, right? About yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, there's a lot of questions in my mind that yeah. I'm just kind of processing right now. So yeah, maybe we'll get to those in. The, I think we might. In a couple of minutes. All right. Anyways, yeah. keep going. Keep going. <clears throat> so, um, so another possibility would be a single bright star. You know, think of Sirius, which is one of the brightest yeah. stars in our sky, um, or Rigel. Um, those would those are stars that are bright enough; they'd be in, be seen by everybody. They wouldn't come and go, though, right? They they're there every single night. Yeah, I mean, maybe it could come, right? So it could be the first instance of seeing a star, but it'd be really rare, right? Super rare, uh, and it certainly wouldn't. Go away and go then away, come though. back. Yeah, once and then it's come there, back. it's there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and a meteor, which is a shooting star, basically is something that crashes into our atmosphere and lights up as it's passing yeah. through the atmosphere and burns, right? Yeah. Those are super fast, right? They only yes. last for 
a couple seconds yeah, maybe. And then they're gone. Yeah, exactly. So, and those are very common. Really common. I mean, you can see them almost every night, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're looking the right direction and Just yeah. stare for I mean, a while. And there's, you know, obviously we have meteor showers that are very, very, you know, lots yeah. and lots of them happen at a time like in August and there's different meteor showers that happen, but, but yeah, they're too common and too short lived. Yeah. And, and here's my favorite. And here comes your fireballs. My fireballs. Okay. Yep. So. What, I don't even know what a fireball <laughs> See, is. See, I was afraid you didn't even know. I mean, what I know what a fireball <laughs> is in my mind. Okay. Well, a, what a do you. A big ball of fire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I mean, fireballs can, I mean, the various things that could be called a fireball, right? I mean, if a massive meteor could be called a fireball, they're also lightning balls. There's, there's um, ball lightning that actually happens sometimes, which would also be very short lived. Ball lightning. Like yes. It's, a, it's like a, a strike of lightning that's in a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got Google pictures. Yes, of this. you do. Yeah. This is unbelievable. I but, want one. But again, very, yeah, they, I mean, they're really bright. But they're very short. Yeah, they're short-lived. <clears throat> so, yeah. It's probably not Probably a not a fireball, I'm sorry Dang to say. It. I know. It I would know. be really cool if, yeah. if the Magi were following a fireball, <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, if they're following a star, technically it's a fireball. Well, yeah, true enough. But the reality is it might not be a star at all. Well, there you go. We haven't yeah. gotten there yet, though. Yes, exactly. That's like a... That's a we're pointing people on we're leading people into we the are story. we're sucking them in yeah i think it's a good i i mean so far so good i have a ton of questions okay about cool. it like about the I, I find it really interesting that the magi whatever it was the magi could see it and it doesn't seem like anybody else sees well, it and the more i'm thinking about it the more i'm like so a lot of people are reading the old testament right so there's an old testament prophecy in numbers mm-hmm. where um one of, it's, oh man, it's one of the pagan gods. It's like one of the last oracles of Baal, I think, in Numbers twenty four, where he said, where he alludes to Jesus coming, and there's there's a star, right? Right. That, yeah. And so so the prophecy's there. Yeah. And so a lot of people have been paying attention to the prophecy, but it seems like the Magi are the only ones that are following well, this. Yeah. Thing. And the thing is, I mean, once we get into some of the other information, you'll see they had to be really looking for this thing Yeah, and knowing where it was showing up and realizing the importance of it. This is crazy. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I hope we get to the ends. Me too. We'll see. If not, we'll just have to continue in the new year. No, we'll get to the end. I promise. So guys, this is the music. We are going to break, but we're going to be back in like 90 seconds. It's apologetics.com radio. We'll be right back. The mission of Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to apologetics.com and click donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting apologetics.com. This is John MacArthur with another edition of Portraits of Grace. 
The story is told of a missionary on board a ship who was awakened one night by a frantic cry of man overboard. Immediately, he grabbed a portable lamp and held it at the window of his cabin. He couldn't see anything. The next morning, he was told the flash of his lamp emitted just enough light to enable those on deck to see the man and rescue him. Wow. Darkness is even more debilitating in the spiritual realm because it represents sin. Fortunately, Christians have been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Praise Him for granting you the saving grace and the illumination of His Spirit so that you could recognize His truth and respond accordingly. Be a light that shines for the sake of others. This is John MacArthur looking forward to bringing you more Portraits of Grace. Joseph was only 17 when he was thrown into the pit, but 30 when he stood before Pharaoh. Hello, I'm Chuck Swindoll. Do the math. 13 long years since the bottom dropped out of his life. 13 unendurable years before things changed for the better. And yet when we read the Genesis account, we find no sign of discouragement on Joseph's part. Honestly, I cannot find it, neither can you, because it isn't there. Joseph was a man who lived above the drag of self-pity and despair. A lesson to be learned, living above circumstances and setbacks. We can surely learn it from Joseph. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. And we are back. I mean, that was like a really fast break, too. Yeah. But I feel like it's a fast first half hour. It's always a fast first half hour when we're together, I think. Yeah. We're yeah. flying through some information here. We are talking. Hey, if you're listening, this is Apologetics.com radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe, and it's science night. I'm in studio with Dr. Leslie Wickman. You're now at Biola University. I am, yeah. Which is unbelievable. They just made like a whole new science building. Yeah. I feel like Biola's making a go for it. They're uh, they're pressing into the the sciences, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Good stuff. And um, yeah, we've been talking all things Bethlehem Star. It's that time of year. It's almost Christmas. Yeah. And if you guys have any questions for us, we we shared it at the beginning at the top of the hour, and I'd like to share it again. Our phone number is 888-995-5552. 888-995-KKLA is the number. And we would love to hear from you if you have any questions, especially having to do with science tonight. Um, Now's the time, especially if you're wondering if anything has anything to do with the Bethlehem star. That's that star that the Magi followed to come to to see Jesus and worship him ultimately as as the savior of the world. They knew who he was and uh, they were among his first visitors. to, to recognize him as such. And I do want to remind you guys that, that we are a nonprofit here at apologetics.com and we would love to, uh, to have you check out our website. We just uh, spent a lot of time going through it, building it up. We've got awesome resources there for you. It's apologetics.com. If you haven't guessed, super easy to get to. And also make sure you, uh, you click that donate button, $1, $5, $10, a hundred dollars, it uh, goes to keeping us on the air, and it's all tax deductible. We'd love to have you participate in our ministry in that way. We do look at you guys as as our partners, and uh, without you, 
we couldn't do anything, and that's the truth. Um, it's it's the absolute truth, and you guys keep us on the air, and we really enjoy every second of it. So thank you for hanging in with us for 21 years. Wow. That's almost as long as the Bethlehem star stood in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you see how I brought that back? I did. You see that segue? Um, I did. It wasn't a very good one, It's though. professional, <laughs> Dr. Wickman. It's a very professional. Though. So what we've been talking about is the Bethlehem star, and we've, we've seen – uh, the timing of the star was uh, was was amazing. Most mm-hmm. likely, it's in the spring. Most likely, between two and seven BC. BC exactly. So, um, the, how we judge our calendar, right? So, two two to seven, or seven, I guess, seven to two. Two, two exactly. Is probably yeah. the right way to yeah. say it. And uh, BC, um, it lines up with an eclipse that we can trace back through history because of the way we have our we have models scientific models built into software and stuff like right. that. Right. So we're able to actually uh date it from that eclipse that happened very close to the time that Herod died. Unbelievable. So yeah, so we are able to use those hints uh both from astronomy as well as from history. Yeah. To yeah. kind of dial in the the time frame. That's so cool. Did you know Herod Herod was eaten by worms? It's crazy. Before he died? Yeah, so that's the way the scripture says. In Acts, it says that Herod was eaten by worms, and then he died. Oh, my goodness. That would be awful. That would be pretty awful. I, mean, I don't even know what that feels like. <laughs> Just having worms in Yuck. that capacity. Would be, what kind of worms? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, that's a different show. Uh, right now, we're talking about the Bethlehem Star and how all things are lining up for us. And then we've been looking at some possibilities. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked about whether it be a comet, but no, it's too short in the sky. Like, you know, it's, it comes and goes. Right. And uh, yeah, exactly. It'd be periodic. It wouldn't be, be a periodic. one-time thing. That's right. Um, Same thing with a shooting star. Yeah. You Meteors know. are very, very short-lived. Yep. Um, uh, and your favorite, the, the fireball, fireball, which would also be very short-lived. I love the fact that, that there is actually something out there called a fireball. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to get it. Well, tomorrow I'll Google. Okay, you do it's that. Be fun. Yeah, and we have other possibilities. We do have though. some other possibilities, and we're coming up upon the idea of uh, conjunction of planets, and this brings up something very relevant in our night sky right now. If you've been outside lately, right after oh, yeah. sunset, you can see uh, working your way up from the point on the horizon where the sun went down, just above the horizon. Uh, not too far, you can see the brightest object in the sky, in the night sky behind the moon, uh, which is Venus, um, fairly close to the western horizon, southwestern horizon. And then just up from that, you'll see a, a fainter, um, uh, st- what looks like a star, but it's actually Saturn. Okay. And then you'll come to another brighter one that's not as bright as Venus, but it's uh, brighter than Saturn, and that would be Jupiter. And they're all in a line, basically, from where the sun went down to Venus, to Saturn, to Jupiter. Um, and that line uh, that you draw through where the sun went down and those planets is the ecliptic plane or the, the plane of the solar system. That's so cool. It's very cool, yeah. And that's out, That's tonight. I mean, well... Tomorrow mm-hmm. morning or tomorrow evening, go outside around sunset, yeah, and take a look. And you can, I, I saw them. It was Sunday night, last Sunday yeah. night. I yeah. saw them, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's very prominent. Yeah, because it's still kind of dusk, so they're definitely the brightest things in the sky, yeah. other than the moon, like what right. you said. Yeah, they, they they appear. Yeah, and so you can get an idea how bright these planets are that we're talking about. And so when we move to this next possibility, and we're talking about conjunctions of these planets, you'll know it. You, you can see firsthand what we're talking about. Yeah. Before we take before we get to this, can we take a call? Yeah, sure. We have a caller here. Um, 
We have, it looks like Gersom from Huntington Park. Is it Gersom? Hi, guys. Yeah, it's Gersom. Awesome, man. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. I just got off a shift. Enjoyed the drive. Uh, hearing you guys talk about celestial things. Awesome, man. Video the last moments of Cassini, so. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And and I have a question that from for, from you here. What's what's the question? Okay, my question is, how was the wise men able to locate where Jesus was? I'm a believer, and I'm just kind of wondering that they kind of go to the general city and um, kind of look around, or was it something that specifically pointed out? where Jesus was, or did he piece together prior uh, hints from the prophecies of his mm-hmm. coming? So uh, looking forward to what you have to say. Was it maybe a comment that just rested on top of that particular upper room? Or just kind of wondering, you know. Okay. I think it's a great question, yeah, uh, Gersom. Fantastic question. <laughs> so how, how were the wise men able to, like, pinpoint the right, location of right. Jesus so precisely. Dr. Yeah. Wickman, what do you got to say for this? Well, it's a combination of things. Um, one is, you know, looking at the prophecies and, and stopping by and asking Herod. <laughs> Although Herod was <laughs> hey, kind of clueless. <laughs> exactly. And had to call on his his uh, advisors, mm-hmm. right? And so they looked at the prophecies and whatnot and, and discovered that this king of the Jews was to be born in Bethlehem. Yeah. Um, but um, there are some other things, too, that we'll see when we're talking about this possibility of the conjunction of planets that were were strong hints as to what was going on in the sky. And leading them directly to Bethlehem. Yeah. Well, the Bethlehem part of it was, was from the scripture, the yeah. prophecy. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, but some of the other clues that they got from watching the sky, these, these guys were super astute astronomers. I mean, they were watching the sky and looking for That's changes so and things that happened that were out of the, the norm. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so we're going to get into that uh, in the next part here when we, awesome. we're talking about this conjunction of planets possibility. All right. So, Gersom, you got like half an answer there, we're, but we're about to get to the, the question, it sounds like. Does that, is that okay? Yeah, it sounds perfect. I'll continue listening. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much for calling, man. Happy Christmas. Likewise. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Garrison. I love it when people call in. And you guys, anybody who's listening can give us a call at 888-995-5552. And it oftentimes just takes one, and then the the lines kind (laughs) of open up. So feel free to give us a call. But until then, we're going to keep talking about the possibilities of the Bethlehem star. Yeah. And you're you're using something here. It's called conjunctions. Yes. What do you mean by conjunctions? So conjunctions are when two objects in the sky come together from our view on the Earth. So so a conjunction of planets would be the planets appearing in essentially the same spot or very close to the same spot in the sky as seen from Earth. Okay. Awesome. Um, so. One of the things we have to remember is that, as I've said before, these wise men were astrologers. But back in that day, astrologers were were a combination of both astronomers as well as people who looked for the meaning of things that happened in the heavens. Yeah. So they were it was a combination of astronomy and kind of trying to interpret signs, um, and so. <clears throat> The astrologers would associate things in the heavens with people, countries, and events on the earth, and uh, the the mythologies that are associated with objects in the heavens and various constellations were important. So one of the things that was very important is this star Regulus, which is in the constellation of Leo. It's super bright. 
Um, it's 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 not bright like Sirius. It's but, oh, it's not. But okay. we can, you can certainly identify it. Okay. okay. Um, and the the word reg, regulus uh, is Latin Latin for prince or little king. Okay. <laughs> so this is an important point. Okay. So and regulus is in the constellation of Leo which Leo is a sign of Judah in Israel, as in the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's so cool. Which is really who's cool. That? Exactly. You know I mean? Who's that? Exactly. 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 So this king star or little king star, prince star, Regulus, in the constellation of Leo, the, which refers to the lion of the tribe of Judah, is really significant here. So um, if we move on... Um, to look talking about some of the other things venus is often viewed as a symbol of love uh, fertility and birth Uh, the constellation pisces was known as the house of the hebrews and pisces refers to fish right and uh, the fish Uh. symbol has long been associated with the Christian that's faith. That's so interesting. Right? Yeah, that's an early, I think it's called a Christiogram. It's like, it really appeared really early on. Yeah, yeah. And it's just fascinating to to look at the historical connections of these constellations and their significance and what they were named after. Um, so then Jupiter, the planet Jupiter, we just talked about seeing Venus and Jupiter in the, in the night sky here uh, currently. Jupiter in Hebrew is known as Sadach, which is often tra- translated as meaning righteousness. <laughs> and Jupiter is also often viewed as being the king of the planets. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. And this um, is all just Jesus stuff. It's awesome. I yeah. mean, it's like straight out of, you know, uh, Christian and Judeo-Christian tradition. Yeah. Right? And we're talking about all of these kind of things jo- coming yes. together in alignment. To yes. Ast- uh, yeah. This astrological anomaly. Kind yeah. Of. So... Um, and, and here's another interesting thing. The conjunctions of planets in Pisces um, for Moses' birth were known to astro- astrologers. And Pisces was associated with the Hebrew people. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so this was not the house of the Hebrews. unique to um, just predicting Jesus' birth. So the Christmas star might well have been a conjunction of Jupiter, the king's planet, uh, Regulus. <laughs> the the little king star in the the constellation of leo yeah uh and venus um that signified birth uh so a specific planetary conjunction includes a set of conjunctions um of these planets jupiter and venus and regulus now jupiter was near the star regulus in 3 bc then moved into virgo the virgin constellation which is also yeah, yeah. related amazing. to the virgin birth. That's so amazing. It totally is. It's like the so, whole universe was just like... Oh my gosh, <laughs> we haven't even started talking about that yet. <laughs> and so as such, the combination of these objects close in the sky could have led to the interpretation of the birth of the king of the kings by these magi. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, especially when they had already predicted Moses's birth based yeah, well, on Well they the, would have been familiar with all exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. So the meaning of these different constellations and what, and then that's the thing what you just hit on in terms of you know God putting this in motion from the very creation of the entire universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. when it all popped into existence. That he it's had all been to put to exactly this time. these 
these planets in this motion so cool. to come together at just the appropriate time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Talk about miraculous. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Right? So... So one of the things that I absolutely love, and I forgot, actually, I need to give credit to some of the people that I've um, drawn on for for putting these notes together. Uh, one is Dr. Ray Russell, who is one of my colleagues at the Aerospace Corporation, and he uh, did a presentation about this to our astronomy club a long time ago, about oh, 10 so years cool. ago. Yeah. And then Dr. David Levy, who um, is a famous astronomer. Um, who wrote a piece for Parade Magazine about, gosh, I'm trying to remember what year that was, um, at least 20 years ago, yeah, I think. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> um, and huh. he actually, David Levy's a, kind of a big deal. He, um, he has the comet Shoemaker-Levy is named after him, which is the one that back in the 90s crashed into Jupiter. That's right, that's right. And the, you could see all the fragments that, that made scars on Jupiter. Yeah. So he's a real big deal. But anyway, he, he wrote this this piece on the Christmas star uh, many years ago. Anyway, so I just want to take some excerpts from that because, I mean, I just his, the so way cool. that he has expressed it is just amazing. Um, so he says, educated sky observers of the time would have paid attention when on September 14th of 3 BC, our planetarium programs tell us, Jupiter appeared to pass very close to the star Regulus, the king star, in the constellation Leo. In the ensuing months, Jupiter headed eastward, stopped in reversed direction, and on February 17th of 2 BC, the planet passed even closer to Regulus. Continuing on its path, Jupiter passed Regulus a third time on May 8th. Thus, over nearly eight months, the Magi saw Jupiter appear to draw a circle or a crown around the king's star. So cool. Would the Magi have interpreted this as a prediction of a royal birth in Judea? Jupiter's role continues. Five weeks after its third conjunction with Regulus, Jupiter formed a dramatic alignment with Venus. Imagining those two bright planets that we can see in the night sky tomorrow night coming together and fusing into this bright light, right? The sequence which took place on the evening of June 17th of 2 BC was realized in recent history by the American astronomer Roger Sinnott. As the sky darkened over Babylonia, Sinnott tells us, Jupiter and Venus drew closer and closer until at 8.51 that night, the two planets appeared to virtually kiss each other, fusing into a single brilliant star in the western sky, seemingly pointing the direction to Bethlehem. That's so cool. It's amazing. Yeah. And that God set that in motion from the beginning, the creation of the Absolutely. universe. So this scenario centering on Jupiter might explain in modern terms what came to be called the Star of Bethlehem. And there are other entirely different explanations that we talked about as far as the comet or other things but it could and it could have been a, a flat-out fiat miracle absolutely it was impossible to explain scientifically but if we look up at jupiter on this silent night it might help bring back that amazing event from long ago thanks to the miracle of modern so astronomy cool. i just i think this is so amazing <laughs> i mean god is so amazing yeah. you know to set that in motion from the creation of the entire universe that's so awesome I just absolutely love that. I love it too. And there's a lot that goes into that, like when you're talking about, because the planets, this is totally right, right? So when you're watching planet 
planetary motion in the night sky, they, mm-hmm. they usually go, they look like they're going in one direction, and then sometimes they look like they're backing the, up. Yes, the, our, the, the planets that are farther from the sun from us will go into retrograde motion. So retrograde they look motion, like, that's yeah, the exactly. word for it. That's yeah. right. So that means, like, for me, because normally things, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the night sky, I'm trying to picture it, they go from east to west in the night sky. Yes. Normally. Yes. But in this instance, with, uh, with the Star of Bethlehem, Something was different going on there because it was pointing them to Bethlehem. So it had to be going to the from west to east, kind of, pointing to Bethlehem. Well, and over time, it's going to move its relative position yeah. relative to the background stars. That's right. Right? And so it would be oh, yeah, in different these places. Oh, yeah, so much closer than those stars, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so this is, like, so cool. Yeah. In fact, the Greek word for planet uh, uh, was wanderer. Because the planets appear to wander through the background stars, they change their positions, which makes them easier to pick out because they are moving uh, relative to the constellations. So when we look at the night sky and we see a particular constellation, from night to night, the configuration of those stars relative to each other looks exactly the same. But the planets will move through those constellations so you can detect their motion. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, all the symbology, you know, it just, you know, with uh, Leo, the constellation that represents oh, yeah. the house of Judah, and, you know, Pisces, the fish, and Virgo, the virgin. I mean, there's just so much packed into all this. Yeah, well, it, it reminds me of Romans 1, you know, or, or even more, I mean, the psalmist, the heavens declare the glory of God. Exactly. The his handiwork, right? And then it's also in Romans 1 where... Uh, God is is has given enough yes. evidence that people are without excuse. You know, exactly. you, you look into the natural order yes. of things, and they all scream exactly. for for Jesus. Which is, and this is just one great example of that. Exactly, um, the truth about God can be seen through what He's created. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's a, it, Romans one twenty. Nowhere yeah. is that more evident than than when we're talking about yeah, you know, exactly. the, the Bethlehem star. Yeah, which is just so cool. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it. So. I love it. I'm going to have to look up Levy's, uh, well, is it Levy? Who David has... Levy that has the story about the Christmas star. He goes into all the detail. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Cause... I actually have a posted on my website, lesliewickman.com. If awesome. you go there, it's you can look up Christmas star. Yeah. So so what what can we draw from all this? Like what's the, what's the takeaway? We've got, I don't know, like eight minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's just God's amazing um, power and power. Uh, sovereignty you know that like again the fact that he would p- put all this stuff in motion from the beginning of the universe yeah knowing the appointed time that jesus would be born right the savior and i mean because it started then like that's what you got to understand it's it's not like the 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 laws of physics are in place yeah so, like, it, you, you got to when you rewind the clock, yeah. right, you back to that singularity. Exactly. That's when this, this all that we're talking about, yeah. started. And it's not like um, accidents of nature right. it's kept not happening. Just, it's not this random chaos that you know yeah. that that made this happen. I mean, it's just not even reasonable to consider that. And it's completely unique. It sounds like exactly. I mean, yeah, you don't get a. It, I can't remember. I looked this up at one point. The the conjunction of Venus, Jupiter, and Regulus would only happen something like every 30,000 years. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. And I think it's a fair guess to say that we'll be gone in 30,000 years well, from this I'm planet. I'm going to be gone. I hope, man. <laughs> Please, Lord, come quick. You know, I mean, exactly. yes. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's unbelievable. 
That's I mean, how long have humans been on the planet conservatively? Right. So, I mean, we're talking the the uh, hominids and modern humans maybe go back as far as at the max maybe a hundred thousand years, yeah. if that. Yeah. Right. And so, in terms of modern history or modern humans, um, you know, with recorded history, even if you go back to the, the People that first were recording history sure. were only talking like, you know, five to 7,000 years uh, yeah, ago. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. Right? And so if, we, if this thing, this conjunction of Jupiter, Venus, and Regulus only happens every 30-some 30, thousand yeah. years, you know, it's the only time in, in modern human modern history. Modern history that this has uh, happened. Exactly. And again, you know, the, way, the rate we're going, I would venture to guess that Jesus will be back before it happens again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I, um, for everybody's sake, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is this is an incredible story. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just the sovereignty, like I say, for me, it's just like, wow, God, you are even more amazing than yeah. I ever imagined. And I know? love how it all lines up, too. This is another example of uh, the science here, astronomy mostly we're talking about, and physics, right? Mm-hmm. They line up perfectly with the biblical account, exactly. it seems to me. Oh, yeah. You know, there it's it's telling one unified story, nature and and exactly. so God's general revelation and His special revelation right. coming together. Exactly, His two books of revelation uh, support each other yeah. and confirm each other. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, and, and it, again, like our the major project here for this this week is like the third week of every month is that there's no conflict between science exactly. and, and Christianity. And that is, this is another perfect example of exactly. that. Exactly. You know, exactly. It, it's so cool. I actually can't wait to talk to the, talk to my kids about this a little bit tomorrow night. Yeah. I might, I might, uh, take them out and show them Venus and Jupiter. Oh, that's a, Yeah, that's great. And just say, Hey, imagine these two planets coming so close together with another star that it makes this makes this really bright light in yeah. the sky. The um, <laughs> yeah. But you absolutely. have to be paying attention, right? I mean, you could miss it, and or or just think, "Huh, Dismiss I wonder it. what that is." Exactly. Yeah, well, that might be what Herod, right? So that might be what Herod did. Is he might have seen something up there, but uh, just kind of dismissed it as like whatever, you know? And or not or you, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of be paying attention exactly. Yeah. And these guys, like I say, they were very sharp guys they not only students of science but also students of prophecy yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so yeah that's a good point too there's they're students of the scriptures and students of of science exactly which which is what we need yeah now we need we need uh solid christians to become scientists that take their faith seriously as well as the sciences seriously but this is the very thing that i mean for me as a scientist the more I study science, the more I see confirmation, affirmation of the God of the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, you blew me away with that. The what we what that kind of last right before we let, read David Levy's kind of statements there, as as things were starting to get tied together, and we're talking about um, these conjunctions happening, and it kind of clicked for me where it was like, wait a second. This is this is this is the universe. Literally, like I mean, people say this, right? All even the you know the the new age gurus, like the universe is in alignment. Well, this actually was like the universe <laughs> exactly. in alignment for the for the birth of Jesus, right? The God of the universe, the creator of it all, to Earth. Yeah, I mean, He created it all, and this is the only place. Planet Earth is the only place that you would have seen that alignment. Yeah, that's unbelievable yeah. too, right? So yeah. it's a very unique. Uh, unique place yeah. for this all to happen. It could. It wasn't just. None of this was an accident. Exactly. It goes back to that. Exactly. And one of the things I, I'd like to kind of make the point as we as we kind of wrap up the show is um, these things are really really fun to talk about. 
but even if like even if we're way off base, right? We're speculating for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, we're using good solid evidence, but there's a very bit. It doesn't ruin Christmas if like this is proven to be wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, because the Christmas story is is what what's meaningful about Christmas is the fact that Jesus did come exactly into real time space history. Yeah, he entered into the cosmos. Yeah. and affected it. And he's uh, he's making it all new, and he's restoring it all to the way it was before, and and that's what we got to be remind reminded of. I think every Christmas yeah. season yeah. is what it's all about. Yeah, and it's all about Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you have any parting words? God is great, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, how Amen, can you, sister. What else can you say? I mean, seriously, it's just it's just mind blowing. Yeah, well, it's like Francis Collins, right? I feel like when after that, as the story goes, is when he after he gets off the stage. He compares uh, an end-on view to some DNA to a stained glass window. Oh, yeah. And he said at the end of his talk, he, he says the only thing left to do is worship. And he exactly. plays his guitar. And that's that's what we're left with is exactly. this Christmas season. The only thing left to, for us to do, guys, is worship the Savior who has Amen. come and rescued us. And he's rescued you and me, and he's done it completely. And uh, I, I'd love to say happy Christmas to everybody here. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. For Dr. Wickman, I'm John Noyes. This is Apologetics.com Radio. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good week, guys.